0: Now, listening to the chant that we use to open this is a writing where Dogen was very much focused on karma. Uh, karma across generations, how to address karma through repentance and confession, how to... Um, you know, later in his life, he wrote about karma throughout his life, but later in his life, he wrote about it a good deal. He focused on it in the last few years pretty pretty intensely and um and not unlike the Buddha, he was focused on three areas: he was focused on wisdom, he was focused on um, moral behavior, and he was focused on concentration of what he would have called Samadhi. And today I want to talk more about the samadhi part. We talk a lot about karma, good, we should. When we talk about moral behavior, we should.
1: And we talk a great deal about wisdom. And um, in many, many ways.
0: And maybe the least of the three we might talk about is samadhi or concentration. (laughs) And Dogen said, and Dogen's kind of um, teaching around this across his life was, he came back from China, he came back from China from a teacher, Ru Jing, and he came back with um, this phrase that he used his whole life, which is to drop off
1: body and mind. And, um, and this dropping off of body and mind
0: is to realize what he also called what he called Jiju Zammai, which we translate often in the way we chant it as self receiving and employing samadhi. So, what do these two terms mean? So, dropping off body and mind, we could say that the the way Dogen understood this, you can glean from a lot of his writings where he talks about um, the dropping away of separation, or there not being a center to experience anymore, that there's kind of a, that the dropping away of body and mind, the way we may talk about this experientially, is the way each of us have at the center of the world, the center of the experienced world, kind of a projected body or a projected mind. They're together, but there's this anchor at the middle of things that is me. And that's experienced in two ways, we could say. It's experienced as a body and it's experienced as a mind. And of course, if we search the body, we can't find body without mind. And if we search the mind, we can't really find mind without form and body. These things are are two faces of the same experience. But we we can talk about them because one is not very tangible and the other is
1: but they're known through each other. And so for Dogen, this dropping away of
0: body and mind that he he considers awakening
1: is the dropping away of that center of experience. And in another way
0: that he talks about this, he talks about it as the myriad things actualizing themselves. Instead of the self going into the world, thinking it's going into the world, just the world is actualizing itself without the sense of a self doing things. And so this dropping off of, of body and mind. And then Zamai, the self-receiving and employing samadhi. Samadhi is often the word that's used in Buddhism for concentration, gathering of the
1: mind, and um, Dogen describes it. This Gjuu
0: is um, the way we translate it. It's a kind of receptive quality to it, and the employing is not that I'm employing something or I'm doing something, but that the but a kind of cosmic functioning that's happening. In other words, when there's not a self there. The mind is simply receiving the world. The mind and body is receiving the world, and it's receiving the world that's actualizing itself through the mind and body. Dugan likes this word, actualizing. Which we usually translate as actualizing. It's actual, The world is actualizing itself. It's not anybody doing anything. And so, in this dropping of body and mind, what is revealed is... A mind and body that receives, that is receiving a world that is
1: actualizing itself through that body and mind. In the Bendua,
0: which is one of the very first things he wrote early on, I think he was 33, Throughout all Buddha Tathagatas who individually transmit inconceivable dharma Actualizing unsurpassable complete enlightenment, have a wondrous art, supreme and unconditioned. Wondrous art, supreme and unconditioned, means it refers to the kind of skillful teaching of the Dharma. But the next line this receptive samadhi is its mark. In other words, this receiving and actualization of the world, this without a self in the way, this is the mark of complete enlightenment, of skillfulness. Only Buddhas transmitted to Buddhas without veering off. Sitting upright, practicing Zen is the authentic gate to free yourself in the unconfined realm of this samadhi, in the limitless realm of the samadhi. So one of the things, one of the reasons that I want to bring up the way Dogen talks about samadhi is because sometimes we think of concentration as something we're doing. And that's necessary. You know, sometimes that is how we have to think about it. But this idea that we are focusing the mind on something that is other than the one focusing. This isn't the samadhi Dogen's talking about at all. It's an inversion of that, actually. The self disappears and the whole world is arising. So this concentration or the it's very
1: open, it's very wide. And um And it's a kind of, you know, it's a samadhi that has been, is, that has
0: been confused. I think there's been some confusion around it because, because Dogen talks about a realized world of things, caring for themselves, actualizing themselves, all of this. Some people have concluded that that is the way he thought about what we should be doing on the cushion. We should just sit down and do nothing. And that um, that it's kind of uh, sitting in serene calmness with no aim. Because that's the way he talks about what it is for a life without separation, that the cosmos actualizes itself. Well, that is what we call an absolute view. Because he doesn't actually talk about... Zazen that way, and he certainly is not a teacher. For those of you who don't know, I don't know who knows who Dogen is, but Dogen is—I should have said this in the beginning. Dogen is the founder of the Soto school, the school we're in, the school that we teach in, or he's considered the founder of our school. I, I i actually don't think he planned on founding anything, uh, but um but he's been made the
1: founder of our school, and so. Um, There is this idea that um, that's how we're supposed to be sitting.
0: But a whole big part of Dogen's teaching too is aspiration.
1: He talks at length about having aspiration for awakening,
0: that um, to sit with aspiration for awakening. Now for him awakening is bodhisattva awakening. For him, it's the awakening of all beings. It's not our own awakening. He never talks about our own awakening. He talks about awakening being an aspiration for the liberation from suffering of everyone, all beings. That that's the awakening that we hold. But that, we, that aspiration is always present. We're always sitting with that aspiration for the awakening of all beings, including ourselves. This is a kind of fire. He does not talk about this without passion. Right, and so there is this. Um, there's almost this, uh, and and a lot of questions that come up in Zen practice is what's the role of effort? Because we have this one way of looking at things where it's effortless. Cosmos is doing the cosmos. Is me the cosmos is doing the cosmos is you. There's nothing to worry about here. And then there's the other side, the other view, which is we're to sit down with great aspiration,
1: enormous aspiration, limitless aspiration for the awakening of all beings. And that aspiration, well,
0: first he says, first in the Bendva, he also says, But what can be met with recognition is not realization itself because realization is not reached with a discriminating mind. So this Jiju Zamai, this self-receiving and receptive samadhi that is the mark of an awakened person, this is not seen through, according to Dogen, discriminating mind, the mind that discerns things. It's the way we are in the world. It's Buddha activity. It's the way we behave. It's the way we show up. We may not even see it. He says there are Buddhas in the world who are actualizing Buddhas who have no idea they're Buddhas. So there is not this um, connection to the idea that we sit down, we are deluded, we get somewhere. We have realization, we're awake, and we get to perceive it all and know exactly where we are. That's not what Dogen's talking about. He's not particularly concerned with what we
1: think is going on, how we perceive what's going on. And then he says in a
0: different writing, um, he says, without the discerning mind, the aspiration for enlightenment can't be aroused. So, with our discerning mind, with our everyday mind, with the mind we use to drive cars, get on the subway, cook dinner, all
1: of that, we have to arouse this aspiration for enlightenment.
0: We have to arouse an aspiration for awakening. We have to arouse an aspiration for the awakening of everyone,
1: of every being. And we will never know.
0: at least we'll not know the majority of the realization that comes about
1: from that aspiration. We will not perceive it. We will not see it. So we're sitting to arouse something in our perception. We're building up... This
0: heart committed to everyone's liberation, that includes our own.
1: And we have to give up any idea that we're going to realize, that we're going to experience the realization of it.
0: Now, this is where the confusion sets in because when people say give up any idea of things, they think, well, give up all ideas, including the aspiration. But Dogen's not saying this. He's saying absolutely have the aspiration in heart and give up any idea of its
1: fruition. So, to be able to maintain an
0: aspiration as vast as the bodhisattva aspiration, as immense, as
1: enormous, is the Bodhisattva aspiration without any desire to see the fruits of that. This is difficult. you know how do we um, how do we strengthen aspiration
0: when we talk about aspiration and it's it's great it's a great idea um, it certainly sounds very poetic and noble and it's and and it has to be cultivated
1: it has to be strengthened it has to be bolstered and we we do that, we do that through um, precepts, we attend to our moral behavior, we do that through our vows, our four bodhisattva
0: vows are exactly an expression of this thing that Dogen's pointing to, raising aspirations that don't have An outcome that we will ever be able to witness because they're limitless. It's a limitless and
1: impossible task. We're in Sangha together. And there is something very, very powerful about the aspirations
0: of others harmonizing, supporting our own aspirations. We feel that. If we've learned anything in the last two years, I think many of us have learned that. That
1: Sangha, that the collective aspiration of Sangha is a powerful thing that, can, that there's no substitute for. We need one another's determination. We need one another's energy. We need one another's confusion as long as that confusion is met by a very, very um, upright engagement to clarify it. And then another thing we do to to support this is to um, support this aspiration
0: of zazen. For Dogen, Zazen is the thing. I mean, it's not the thing. There are lots of things. There's precepts, there's vows, etc. But underpinning it
1: all must be Zazen. For him, the rest begins to fall apart.
0: And I think there's... I, I, in my, If I'm looking at my own practice, I feel like there's
1: really good reason for this view. Which is... Um, Zazen is the primary place we build concentration. We start with, you know, how are we all trained when we first came to practice? Was to bring our attention to the breath. Over and over and over and over again. We forget that after a while and start to think that's not so terribly important. But it actually remains incredibly important. We build that concentration because it's, it's
0: one of the th- three aspects. This isn't the only reason, but it's one of the three aspects that the Buddha said was necessary actually for an awake life. We have to attend to wisdom in all of its aspects. The wisdom that arises from the body, studying the Dharma, all of these things, that area has to be attended to. Our intentions, that's a part of, of that area. We have to pay attention to moral behavior. We have to look at our speech, we have to look at our thoughts. We have to look at how we act in the world, what we do for a living, all of this, and we have to pay attention to more broadly concentration which which includes being able to aim and sustain the mind, that kind of concentration, but also what we now sati, what we now call mindfulness, which is being present with everything, and the effort that is an aspect of that that's necessary, the effort we have to
1: bring to those to keep them to maintain them. So the Buddha said, we have to focus on this. Actually, Dogen quotes the
0: Buddha in a fascicle called the King of Samadhis. The King of Samadhis. So you know it's important. It's fascicle 72 in the Shobo Genzo. And this is, this is, Dogen doesn't say where he's quoting this from. I imagine it's the Agamas, but I don't know for sure. But this is him quoting the Buddha. Why do I, it's, an, it's excerpted, so this should be, this is supposed to be the words of the Buddha. Why do I teach my disciples to sit up straight in the meditation posture? because it is easy to regulate the mind when the body is upright. If the body is straight, the mind is not dull. Instead, the mind is forthright. The intention is true and mindfulness is present. If the mind scatters or the body leans, gather together your body-mind and resume the upright posture. If you want to manifest samadhi and enter it, you should gather together all distracted thought and scattered mind within this posture. Practice in this way and you will manifest and intimately enter the king of samadhis. Now this one line here, if you want to manifest samadhi, so this is the link, right? He's writing this because the Buddha is giving us the link between this open receptive samadhi and where we are now. If you want to manifest samadhi and enter it, you should gather together all distracted thought and scattered mind within this posture.
1: So this link that is happening, the Buddha is doing it here and
0: Dogen does it over and over and over and over again, is this link between bodily posture and mental posture and their harmonization they are actually always affecting each other. We know this.
1: Um, But it's important because the... um, It is the uprightness And the gathering and the breaths gathering of the mind that give the body mind the strength to transform karma. There is an aspect to transforming karma that has to do
0: with discernment, and this is important. And we do this, we try to find the roots, we look for the roots of what causes our suffering and our thinking and our views, et cetera. And we need to discern, the, 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 we need to confess and repent in exactly the way that the, the Dogen talked about. We need to be engaged with them and we need to admit those roots to ourselves and we need to understand them. But that is not quite enough. In some instances, it might be enough, but I think we've all had the experience of being kind of clear on aspects of our karma and they seem to keep right on chugging. And that can happen for a few reasons. It can happen because it's going to take as many times seeing the roots as it is, is um, acting on them for them to transform. So some of that's time. Praj, clear seeing. Some of that's clear seeing over a long period of time, and clear seeing is very important in this. But another aspect of clear seeing, or I might say stable seeing, or being able to tolerate some of the more intense aspects of our karma is to have a body-mind that
1: is gathered in such a way that can actually tolerate it. If the body-mind is not gathered, if, there's, if it's
0: splintered in a hundred pieces, if there's areas that we're not paying attention to, if it's swirling about, we can have the most brilliant discernment imaginable
1: and it's it's kind of like a very frail chair under a
0: very large person doesn't matter how brilliant that person is
1: eventually the chair is going to break And we can see this happen,
0: right? There are times where we get caught up in our karma. And it's not that we don't know what's going on. Sometimes it's we don't know what's going on. But sometimes we do know what's going on. We know the roots of the karma. They're happening. This energetic thing is beginning to occur. And we're starting to act on it. And it just, we can't be still with it. We just can't be still with it. And, you know, that's fine. We're all, this happens for all of us. But the only thing that is going to help in that situation is not further discernment. We, we like to believe that if I can discern all the roots of my karma, they're all just going to go away. Well, two problems with that. One is we probably won't ever discern all the roots of our karma. That may not be possible. It might be, but probably not. It'll be hard and um and the other thing is that the discernment of the roots of our karma is dependent on the stability of mind because in many cases we simply won't go near certain roots until our mind is stable enough to go near them
1: we just won't do it so this um You know the Buddha and Dogen are both encouraging us to include the
0: body fully in the stability of the mind, in the stability of the process. So when we come, how do we build this? How do we gather? He uses, I think, he uses the word gather. Let me see. If you want to manifest samadhi and enter it, you should gather together. Gather together. This is what this is what Samadhi means. Yeah. One of the one of the um, ways you could translate the first part of it, the root psalm,
1: is to gather. So to gather the mind. The way
0: that we are all trained to gather the mind initially is with the breath, right? That's what we're brought to do is to to train with the breath. But sometimes I think the way that we're taught to train with the breath can encourage a separation that actually does not lead us to my that does not lead us to self-receiving and employing samadhi. And, what, and, and this, is the, this is the words that I think is, are tricky, which is, when you experience your thoughts, go to your breath. I've said this, most people say this, and at at first glance, that's not a problem, except if I say you, when you see your thoughts, go
1: to your breath, well, now your thoughts are a problem and your breath is the right place to go, right? But the thoughts are not a problem. Jogin didn't think the thoughts were a problem. The Buddha didn't think thoughts were a problem. The problem was
0: grasping the thoughts. The thoughts are not a thing to be discarded. there, um, or just to notice our grasping of those thoughts. So if we're caught up in thought, and sometimes we're caught up in thought because we think we're doing good stuff, like discerning all of our karmic roots, right? And sometimes that's necessary. I don't want to completely dismiss that, but let's not fool ourselves into thinking that thinking is the way this is going to happen. Thinking is a part of how this is going to happen, but thinking is not the only room we're gonna be living in. You know, Dogen says that um, that it, that it is the body that must take the leap beyond discrimination. The body has to take the leap beyond discrimination, right? So for the body to take the leap beyond discrimination, we have to be
1: fully a body. We have to be a gathered body. We have to be an integrated body.
0: So we don't want to get caught in this kind of, um, I mean, it's a big, it's, it's a very backdoor, clever way of bolstering egoic separation by thinking that my intellect is going to figure this all out. That's just the ego kind of shoehorning its way right into the center of the Dharma and taking over. It won't be that. I mean, we've already been told we're not going to have the realizations through perception. We're not going to be able to realize
1: all of this in our... So how is how is intellectual perception going to be able to pull this off? So that probably not going to get us there. So we come that, back to this this breath and concentrating the body. Stogan quotes Bodhidharma in one fascicle and says, This is the mind of wood and
0: stone. That, uh, that to, um, that the mind of suchness is the mind of wood and stone. It's that still, it's that clear. It's not activated in a certain way. It's open and receptive the way the earth is. And so the, So, when we bring, instead of saying, bring our, when we notice our thoughts, bring them to our, bring our attention to our breath, what would it be instead? This would just be an interesting thing for maybe each of you to play with if you feel moved.
1: When we notice that we are somewhere other than with our embodied breath, Whatever that thing
0: is, it could be an ache, it could be a thought, it could be an energy
1: in the body, it could be whatever it is. Instead of moving away from it, invite it to join the breath. Just simply invite, and it's helpful to invite to join the breath,
0: for it to join the breath if we can have a bodily sense of the energy of the thought, the ache, whatever it is, thinking certain ways of thinking have energy
1: connected to them. Feelings in the body have energy and sensation connected to them. Instead of moving away,
0: let's not move away. Let's just invite all of those aspects of who we are. It's as if a river is going down and the things along the bank of the river are being pulled into the river where there's a silent march and people are coming off the side streets and joining the silent march this is what the breath can be for us right the breath is happening we drop the mind we drop this any energy that's up here we allow it to come down we invite it to come down so that it's not up here in its own little prison cell It actually remembers it's part of the body. This energy up here, for some reason, has a very hard time remembering
1: it's part of the body. So we have to kind of invite it to join the body.
0: Invite all the various energies of our body, whatever they are, they're going to be different for each of us, and just invite them. If we can feel the breath, take a moment right now just to
1: feel the energy of the breath. And if you notice things that are outside, we can use that word, outside the breath, just invite them to join the breath in the same movement. The breath moves through that part of you
0: as that part of you joins the breath, as if the river
1: of the breath is just expanding. To include whatever there is. It could be a feeling in the hara, be tension in the shoulders. It could be thoughts. Maybe there's aspects of the body that were dissociated from.
0: We can feel into what's the energy of dissociation and invite that energy to join the breath.
1: There's nothing that can't join the breath. The breath hinders nothing. What's interesting about this term, um, GGU, is um, the G is the self, the natural self part. The JU
0: is the receive and employ. But if you put the two together, they can mean enjoy. So the receiving
1: and employing has a sense of enjoyment to it. And this
0: concentration on the breath, this breath, I don't even like to say concentration because concentration is so, has a looker, a concentrator. You can even invite that to join the breath. The one witnessing the breath, invite the one
1: witnessing the breath to join the breath. And we can do this until there's nothing but the the breath. The whole world is invited to be the breath. pain, distress, anxiety, all of that energy invited to join the breath. And when the mind wants to splinter again into
0: all of its little parts and get obsessed with one part of itself, remember the breath and invite that splintered part to join again
1: always inviting everybody to join. No one is turned away from. No one is dropped for the sake of the breath. No part of ourselves. And as our capacity to allow the breath to be with all things, the breath to gather who we are into wholeness, then we cultivate the mind that is available to be with the
0: karma of the world, to be with the pain of the world, because that mind and body will
1: now be able to invite that world. Not as a conscious moral decision that we have to discern and think through, but as a capacity. I think it is this that the Buddha is pointing to, this upright posture
0: that is gathering the mind through the breath that prepares, not just prepares, but actually is manifest, but also prepares, both at the same time, prepares and manifests.
1: Jiju mine this open samadhi. Because before we can open to everything, we must invite everything. So I would invite all of you to maybe spend the day with your breath and allow your breath to spend the day with everything. I in this way of being with the breath, I do not
0: I I feel. Not only that there
1: is a um it's the necessary foundation for transformation and awakening, but it's the pathway we simply cannot i don't i I don't like
0: to make many um big declarative statements in this way, but we cannot.
1: Tolerate transformation in the way that we talk about it in the Buddha Dharma without a concentrated body and mind. We won't be able to tolerate it because it's the
0: dropping of everything. It's the dropping, when Dogen says dropping of body and mind, he's talking about dropping of every reference. Everything that our body and mind refers to as a self, as a ground,
1: all drops, so that we can realize freedom. And so when we're agitated and we want to move, invite that agitation to the breath.
0: Not if we're in pain that we can point to and we're stressing ligaments. Please move. But if it's agitated, it's just like I don't like sitting here. (laughs) We can invite that to the breath.
1: If it's just a general fidgetiness, we can invite that to the breath. If it's the pain of seeing things we've never been still enough to see before, we can invite that to the breath. We can invite everything to wholeness. Because wholeness is big enough for whatever there is. But it will take an aspiration
0: as big as that wholeness, as big as we can manifest at this point, an aspiration to awaken for everyone, for everybody,
1: for everyone's liberation, for everyone's happiness, an aspiration that's bigger than ourselves. so that we have a guide in a world that gives us very few trustworthy guides at the moment. So thank you for listening. I hope that these words were helpful and somewhat clear
0: I know Dogen can be a little dense, but I try very hard (laughs) to help it be clear. And I really hope that each of you in your places, all of us in our places, you know, one thing, I'll just end with one thing that Dogen said, you know, there is, uh, I'm teaching a Dogen class right now. And
1: so he's very much on my mind. Um, It is through our particularity. It is through our place that the wholeness of all things is realized. Wherever you're sitting, that is
0: where the wholeness of all things and the wholeness of liberation will be
1: realized. There is nowhere to go for this information. It is exactly where you are. It is deeply rooted in your bellies it's a part of ourselves. So please enjoy your place,
0: enjoy your body, enjoy your uprightness. When you notice yourself leaning or your mind scattered, bring that solar plexus up in the back straight. Bring yourself back to let the breath begin to gather you again.
1: And that will be the pathway to Samadhi and liberation. So thank you all.
0: It's very wonderful being with you. I look forward to when we're actually physically together again.
1: Take good care.